coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. We have reached the, I don't know, I don't do math. JJ, what do you teach? Business, right? I teach uh, history, U.S. history. Oh, you okay? So we're two history nerds talking here. Yes, yeah. uh, I was. I was going to say three cubed, but that'd be three times three times three. That'd be twenty-seven. So thirty-three. <laughs> this is again. This is why we teach history and <laughs> we don't teach math. Episode number thirty-three. JJ Stofel, the head coach at Omaha Roncalli Catholic High School, the boys basketball coach there. Uh, but before. Uh, JJ and I uh, solve any more mathematical issues, you know, two plus two, that type of thing. Uh, it's a good thing we only we coach a sport that goes by one, twos, and threes, I think. Right, Coach? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get going with Coach here, uh, we want to recognize our sponsor for this episode, COSAC Chiropractic, located at 14450 Eagle Run Drive, just off of 144th and Maple here in Omaha. Coaches, if you have an athlete who is struggling with balanced neck or spinal issues, have them go see COSAC Chiropractic. You can check out their practice at COSACChiro.com, K-O-S-A-K-C-H-I-R-O.com, or give them a call at 402-964-0300. Be sure to tell them that a pen and a napkin sent you. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. Uh, we try to put on daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter site there, so be sure to follow us there. Uh, I'm going through my uh, Don Meyer collection here and, and watching a Don Meyer video a day. Uh, it's my quarantine project and, and putting down my notes from those on a daily basis. Um, if you're listening, of course, you're on SoundCloud or iTunes, so download this, rate it, review it. Uh, five stars. Uh, Help us get the word out. Uh, the whole purpose of a pen and a napkin is to help coaches hone their craft. Uh, and if you have any questions, comments, ideas, suggestions, email us at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Coach, Easter Sunday, three young children. How did the Stofels handle the Easter celebration uh, during quarantine? Uh, it was it was good. We had uh, uh, we had multiple projects going on during the day to kind of keep the kids busy because, like we were talking earlier, you can't really get outside today with that sleet and then snow and then cold weather. So uh, a lot of cooking and, uh, <laughs> like I said, small projects, just trying to trying to keep them busy. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, it's been a it's been a battle to uh, fight the snacking urge. Um, throughout this whole quarantine thing i don't know if if that's the way you are as well but man those bags of doritos and stuff it, it's oh. it's 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 hard to lay off of them uh when you have a lot of time on your hands so um uh well hey coach let's uh let's get going here uh the head coach at omaha roncalli catholic high school for the last five years before that you were the assistant coach for 12 years uh, just a, a heck of a run here the last five years, 98 wins, 32 losses, three state tournament appearances, and the last two years, uh, the Class B state runner-up. Uh, Coach, what's your background? How how did you end up in this position? How did you end up in this spot here? Well, I, you know, I, uh, my first year of college, I actually went to Berkeley, played uh, football for a year, but uh, with some knee problems, I, I I knew that my, my career in football was probably done. You're a Briar uh, Cliff guy? Yeah, for a year. Oh, for, for a year. A year and okay. Then, and then I came back to UNO. Okay. Um, and when I came back, uh, actually, uh, you know, some of the coaches that, that I, I played for, uh, Coach Barons in football, asked me to coach football. Uh, Roger Higgins was still at Ron Colley. He's passed now, but uh, he was the, the track coach, and he got me into coaching track. And, and then Meister 
uh, got me into Jim Meister got me into uh, basketball and it kind of took off from there mm-hmm. um, as an assistant and uh, volunteered in a couple of my first year and then kind of worked my way up as, as the years went on and um, got to work with some really great people along the way and learn a lot of stuff so yeah how long was how long was Jim ad what um, and head coach at the same time oh boy uh, I want to say don't quote me on that. Three to five years. I, I, I'm not. I can't. It was a pretty decent stretch. It was a decent stretch. You know, I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot going on at the same time. <laughs> I mean, you know, basketball season, and then trying to organize all that stuff. I could only imagine what yes. that was like. Yeah, yeah. You know, just uh, he did. He did. He have like a, what do they call those? Uh, a Murphy bed in his office that would just <laughs> fall out of his wall. There did uh, did, did TJ Orr hook that up for him or? <laughs> He's all. I, mean, I don't know. He's always up there, and he's. I mean, I mean, even now as the AD, so you know he, he finds his, his his moments to to sleep. I think, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, like like you said, you you were a longtime assistant. You were the assistant for twelve years, and then uh, Jim decides to step aside and go into the full time AD mode, uh, and then you have to make the the infamous eighteen inch slide over the, the the biggest 18 inches of a coach's <laughs> career um you know what was that process like for you um you know i went through it as well uh i was the assistant coach and then moved in from the assistant position to the head coaching position you know so um what was what was what was that process like for you um uh was it difficult was it easy what were what were some of the things that you that you got along with that that were pretty easy uh, to do at the beginning, what were some things that maybe looking back on it, you wish you would have done a little bit better, so forth and so on? Well, you know, in those early years as an assistant, and then as I got closer to the time when I became head coach, you know, I was working with guys like uh, Brother Mike Wilmont, uh, uh, you know, great defensive mind, great just basketball mind in general. Um, so I was very fortunate on that that aspect because a lot of things I did as assistant was on the defensive side of the ball. And so I learned a lot from him. Uh, at the same time, uh, uh, Jim Meister gave me, uh, you know, some great opportunities to um, take control of certain parts of our varsity team. And uh, because of that, you know, his leadership and, and allowing me to do those certain things, uh, I think it made the transition to being the head coach a little bit easier than it would have been if I would have only had just parts of stuff, but mm-hmm. allowing me to take a bigger role as an assistant coach, I think was one of my, you know, I try and tell my other assistants that that was one of my, you know, I thought biggest gross as a coach. Um, because I think, you know, bro, bro said it to me multiple times, you know, how do you get good at doing certain things? He goes, you gotta go do it. I mean, you know, people don't just all of a sudden become great at something or good at something because they just, they have an act for it. They just have to do it. I mean, so you have a lot of learning going on all the time, mm-hmm. but I think because of that, uh, those early opportunities as assistant coach and then moving into that, it, it made that transition easy. And then the whole difference is, is here now that you're, you know, you move that 18 inches over, like you were just saying, you all of a sudden now have all these other responsibilities that you didn't have as an assistant coach. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's different, but to me, it's the same because you're, you're just trying to, to make stuff work. And it's just, you're looking at a lot more stuff than you would be if you were just doing like one or two things. When, when Jim started giving you those responsibilities, was it just 
a little bit here and then a little bit became a little bit more and and it was just kind of piecemeal or was it kind of like uh hey you know this year i'm going to give you this this and this and and i'm really you know i'm going to turn this all you know a bunch of stuff over to you all at once well i think just like anything any team or and you know this is a is a head coach you know one thing you have to have is you have to have trust for your assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think early on he gave me bits and pieces and having me working with bro all the time, you know, we would work through stuff. And then as time would go on, you know, bro was also great about, you know, you know, letting go of some of the things that he always liked to do each year. And then my, it just seems like that, that, that role in, in the position, let's say as a defensive coach, just grew and grew and grew. And as you do that year in and year out and, um, you have some successes in certain, you know, certain spots and stuff like that. Uh, that trust, you know, you know, then then as a head coach, it's easy to give away stuff because you trust that person. You know, they're going to work work at it, and uh, you're going to get more out of them doing certain things than you would if you try to do everything. Yeah. Was there, you know, were there some things that uh, that came a little bit easier uh, in the or- in the organization of things? Uh, that was one of the things that caught me off guard was, you know, I was just kind of used to uh, going to practice on a daily basis um, and you kind of leave it at that. And, and, you know, then there's all these other things. You got to order t-shirts, you got to take care of this, yeah. you got to take, I mean, you know, that type of stuff. Was, was that something that kind of took you aback as well? If you had any advice for somebody that's making that similar move, you know, what advice would you give them? I would, I would think that, I mean, I would say that you, you need to embrace it and try and love doing it because if you don't, I mean, if you don't love it and you don't, and you don't enjoy doing those things, then maybe you shouldn't be in that certain position. Um, and I don't mean that negatively. I mean that in a positive way, because there are a lot of good coaches out there that I've worked with that have even told me in that same context that they wouldn't want to do some of the things that let's say I do as a head coach, because they just want to do this and this. Mm-hmm. And I think for, for myself, I mean, I actually, uh, I, I like the, you know, the, the preparation and everything that, that part of the game or that part of coaching is the part that I love. So all of those things about organizing practices and stuff like that, I, I, I love personally because it's, it's, it's preparing and you're, you're setting things up and, and trying to get, you know, making sure that every, you know, I guess T is crossed, I is dotted and everything like that. So um, I will say that, you know, Learn, you know, as a, as a as an assistant coach for a long time with with Jim, he he always had practice plans and everything like that. So a, a big part of the organizational part of it, uh-huh. I took from him. I mean, uh, the, the way that he at least set up practice and, and you know certain times in practice to do certain things. Uh, we might not always have all the same drills and everything like that and, and how, but 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 looking at the the whole like makeup of a practice, uh, I, I really liked. I mean, that's where I really got a lot of those things from. Mm-hmm. That answered. No, yeah, no, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, you, you talked about Meister. You talked about Bro Mike. Uh, you know, who were some other guys that, that as you prepared yourself to be a head coach, uh, who were some other guys that you looked at uh, for influences, and in what way did they influence you? Well, first of all, locally, I would say that guys like, like Mike Weiss from Wahoo Newman, uh, you know, when I was an assistant coach, he was very gracious with me whenever I try and talk to him. Um, uh, and it's still the same now as me being the head coach, um, when it comes to just 
throwing ideas off each other, talking about certain things. And even even the guy, uh, Jim Weeks, you know, he's had a lot of success at Beatrice and Auburn. He's always been great to me. Um, and, and those are two guys that have had sustained success in multiple places. So so looking at them and some of the ways that they do things and then trying to bounce an idea or just getting a thought from them, I mean, that's I think that's huge because, you know, you you know, the, I mean, they've done it. Uh, it's been pretty consistent. So. Uh, it's, it's always good to learn from those types of people. Uh, I was also very fortunate as an assistant coach. Uh, Bro had some, brother Mike Wilmot had some connections with, with people at like St. Louis U and Marquette. And I was able to uh, go with Bro and watch some of like Rick Majerus's practices and learn a lot from Rick. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, sitting in in one of their, their their practices where we'd go for a week or something. And this is when I was still in my early years of coaching and still finishing up some school and stuff like that. So I had more free time to go do that stuff. I wasn't married. And uh, I was able to sit and kind of just totally embrace what a, a college practice was like. And especially with a guy like Rick. And, you know, once again, he's not, not around. But uh, he was, you know, a lot of the things that he did in practice and the way that he – talked about things defensively i mean i i still use a lot of his stuff today mm-hmm. uh you talk about uh don meyer don meyer's great uh you know has a, has a lot of good uh, uh stuff and you know i was i was fortunate enough to see him in a clinic i can't even remember the year but it was early on he came here and i think i think jim weeks was with him and it was uh the metro clinic mm-hmm. uh, metro basketball coaches clinic at uh i think it's at dj's or something but yeah just to hear him talk it was it was great mm-hmm. uh so I mean, those are those are those are just a couple guys, you know, on both. I mean, I'm sure I could mention more people, but you know, there's some of the people that you know come to mind when you when you ask that question. You know, I, I think Majerus is kind of a a name that has kind of been lost in the shuffle a little bit in 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 recent basketball history. You know, when you know he had those those really good teams at Ball State, and then he you know made the national championship game run at, at Utah and. Uh, and then he, you know, for health reasons and other personal reasons, he took that time off. And then he went to St. Louis and rebuilt that program. But, you know, I, I just think there's a lot of things that Majerus taught that, and he was such a great teacher of the game, um, that he's just kind of, unfortunately, kind of slipped through the cracks in a lot of ways, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, if, if you ever if you ever met the guy and... If, if you and, and people that have met him, mean, there's there's still coaches that still talk about him. I mean, there's some guys that follow on like Twitter, like Jim Boone always talks about Majerus, similar to how you like Don Meyer, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I I think that you know his style of, of coaching and his way of playing. You know, he's a very, very he was a very big defensive guy, uh, and I think that you know that everything that he did came out of that defensive end, so or most of it that I've seen. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but just knowledgeable, um, and 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 like I said, he's he, you know if, if you talk about a guy just talking basketball, he was just always great to listen to because he always had great insight on everything. And it was nothing about it was it had nothing to do with you know him trying to say you know this is what he th-. just just a, just a love of the game and a passion for the game and and how he could appreciate you know stuff that was going on the court whether it was good or bad. I mean, yeah, yeah, and he he. <laughs> I forget which talk show it was. Um, it, it, I was driving home from from school one day, and and they had Majerus coming on, and, and he had like a he had like a sixteen minute segment 
And I think they only got two questions in in 16 minutes. <laughs> they'd ask him, and he, and he just talked for like eight minutes straight. And they and, and they couldn't get a word in, you know. And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, on offense there, you know, we got to do – we got to do this and uh, you know kind of with that Milwaukee that that Wisconsin accent there a little oh, bit yeah. you know and and then and then they had time they like okay now what do you think of this and he went off into like 19 different directions and there literally it was like two questions like all right well hey thanks thanks for your time today coach you know and uh, he was just a he was just a true original uh, original guy you know and uh, one of the oh. best coaching books ever was uh, what was it called? My Life on a Napkin or something my like life. that? It's on, my, it's on my desk. My Life on a Napkin. It's, it's a great book. <laughs> yeah, so uh, good good book club uh, uh, suggestion there for, for that one. So um, what, you know, you, you guys have had a really good run the last five years. What do you think, you know, other than having some really talented players, but what do you think of it has been some, some keys for kind of the, the, the overall resurgence at, at, at Roncalli Catholic uh, the last four or five years. The athletics program has kind of uh, made some strides here, uh, you know, and, and, and more specifically about your program. But what have you guys done, uh, other than having talented players, to put you guys in the situations that you have the last few years to achieve the success that you have? I, you know, I think the number one thing on top of the fact that we have talented kids, they're talented kids that work hard. I mean, they, they work at their game. They, they develop their game. Um, and you know, when you got guys that are willing to, you know, work really, really hard and can play completely or majority of the time unselfish, Mm -hmm. uh, you can do a lot of things. And, and I, I think that, you know, part of our, if you want to say it's our culture, you know, that's the, you know, you know, playing unselfish, playing as hard as you can and trying to just be at your best all the time and, trying to trying to get our players to understand that if you give your best each day then you never have to worry about winning or losing because you're going to be where you're going to be mm-hmm. uh, uh, so I you know I think you know and I, I hate to sound very very simple here but really that's that's a big part of it I mean uh, trying to make people understand that if you give your best every single day and you work hard at the little things that we're talking about you're detail oriented about the the, the, the small things that matter that a lot of people, or maybe not a lot of people, that people might not hone in on. If you can do that and, and get good at those things, then good things are just going to happen and you don't have to worry about results mm-hmm. um, because those outcomes. And, 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 and we have, you know, to be honest, you know, on top of the players, we have a great group of, of coaches that have, have had success when they were players that are alumni and also guys that, that are just very good at, at, at organizational things and stuff like that, that we've, you know, been able to work together. And it's just been a fun last five years. I don't, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you, you put on. We have great parents. Uh, our administration's great. Um, but I think, I think when all of that together, you know, they say it takes a village, I guess that's what you want to say. Uh, we got a lot of different people in a lot of different spots that are, you know, have their eye on making things go well. And I don't know if you can actually pin it on one thing or one person or one, you know, because it's just, it's just a, it's just a collective community around Cali. And that's why around Cali is so special. And that's what we talk about family is because everybody's looking out for everybody else and they want everybody to be successful. And when you take that selfishness out of it, like I said, you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. I mean, so yeah, I, 
guess that I mean that that's really I mean and I think that that and if you take that in, in our other coaches as well they and, uh, not to take it away from basketball right now but all of our other coaches do a great job of that same mentality and good things have happened in pretty much all of those sports. Yeah, you know, you're in a unique situation because you are your class B school, um, but you are one of the smallest class B schools, and 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 that's probably not going to change in the near future. Uh, yet you have competed at, at an elite level um, with with uh, the the Piuses, you know, the you know in the in the title game two years ago, and. Uh, you know the Beatrices and 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 the Scotts Bluffs and and the Scots and and that type of thing. So you know, but there but there you know some people would see uh, kind of your your size as a disadvantage, but I think there's also a lot of advantages that go that that you would have at a smaller school and and working together with that and having that kind of smaller more close-knit community you know that's kind of you kind of read my mind there that was going to be kind of my next question uh you know it sounds like that's what you guys kind of got cooking up there right now yeah i mean we have to we have to share i mean i, I hate to throw this out there everything today is everybody's pushing so much into individualized sports and this and this and this you know the the thing i love about our school is that our kids most of them or a lot of them especially the ones that they're are doing really good things they play multiple sports uh, uh, not to say that there aren't some, some players or some students that just play one, which is fine. But I mean, our coaches, I think understand too, that we have to share athletes and, um, and when you have a bunch of guys and, and, and gals that are coaching, but they, they understand that, okay, uh, they need to go to this, uh, this day or that, that day. And then, you know, we all work it out and it's, it's like I said, it's, it's, it's a lot like a, a large family and you're just trying to figure it out day by day, week by week, month by month, um, just to make stuff work. <laughs> and, and that's a, and that's a great thing to have, you know, and I, and I think your leadership, uh, at, at the top there with, with, uh, with TJ and with Jim, you know, uh, that, that says a lot and that sets a good tone for everybody else. Cause, cause they are just two guys that are just interested in the success of Ron Colley Catholic high school. And that's all they care about. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, how tired were you after five overtimes in less than forty-eight hours a couple of years ago? Well, I think the players were more tired than I was. But I, I mean, I was—I I know, I know myself, and, uh, and I'll speak for the assistant coaches and 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 the players. We were all exhausted. I mean, we had—you know—we had given all we, that we could, and you know what? At the end of the day, we ran into—you know—we found a way in those first two games. Uh, to get the job done, and then in that last one, uh, you know, I, I, you know, if you take out the last, you know, in the second overtime with the last two minutes, or you know, but yeah. really we, we we gave everything we had. We had nothing else more to give, and, and at the end of the day, that's all you want. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'd love a state title. I know our players and coaches. I'd give anything to have that state title. At the same time, when you know that you're giving your best, you know, it's just. Like I said, I think those five overtimes wore on us a little bit, but that's not that's not an excuse in any means. I'm just sure, sure. So it was. I'm trying to think here. I know it was double overtime against Pius, and was it? It was a single overtime against Bennington in the first game, right? Correct. Yep. yep. And then you went double OT with Aurora, and and then it was double OT with Pius. So you played another over half of a game, almost two thirds of a game 
in less than in less than 48 hours. So you basically yes. almost played four games in in three days at a at a state tournament level. So, um, th- but that had you know it was it was such a great run uh, the last couple of years uh, watching you guys perform and watching those kids play such a uh, a, a a fun style of basketball to watch. You know, just passing and cutting and moving. And you have the the great point guard in, in, in Dotzler that that just makes sets up everything for everybody there. Um, but um, you know what what was that experience like? Because it had been a long time for Ron Colley to to get to that point. You know, Coach Woodard won a title, I believe it was in '96, and then that's the cl- closest that you guys had came. So it had been a, over 20 years. What was that experience like? for you as a head coach, kind of being on that, that, that carpet ride for the first time? Well, you know, each year, each year you learn a little bit more. Um, you know, uh, I think we did our best throughout the year and we try and do this every year is we try to make, I'm not going to say every game is your state championship or every game is the, the most important, but we try to emphasize the importance, especially, um, as we continue to get, you know, we're making steps each year to, to make, to stress the importance of how each game is the same and this is how you should prepare and everything like that. So that when we got to that opportunity at state that our guys understood that guys, we've done this every single day or every single game, we've prepped the same way. We've done the same things. We do the same things, uh, you know, off the court, we do the same things in our preparation that leading up to it, I think, I think that's where we are at trying to keep things the same and not make them bigger than what anybody would want to make them out to be. And then, and then once again, just trying to figure out and, and win one more possession than the other team. And the funny thing is, is that it, in that tournament and that, that year, especially that first year where we went, you know, all those overtimes, it really did come down to a possession, you know, at the end of each of those games to, 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 to try and get it done. Did you, did you feel like you were more ready I don't know. That's again. This is why we teach history and not English or math. Did you feel more ready, more prepared, uh, a little bit more at ease going into it this year after making the deep run last year? Um, you know, I don't. I don't know if at ease is the right word. I mean, I. I yeah, yeah, you're I, never I, at I, ease, but you just. Yeah. I, I, you, you've got a. You've got a little bit better idea of what to expect. Yeah, we we had a better idea of what to expect. At the same time, we knew that we were going to be going up against some great teams. I mean, Hastings was a great team, and we knew that you know everything in our preparation to get ready for them was we were going to, it was going to take everything for four quarters to get the job done, and it did. Um, and 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 then once again, just trying to move from that to the next, but but understanding like like the the quick turnaround, I think that helped that we were there two years ago. Because without that experience, some of our guys might not have had any clue of what it would have been like to go to the second day. Uh-huh. Um, and and uh, I, I laughed when the Hastings game did go to overtime because I I didn't know if this was going to be another one of those. <laughs> uh, but but once again, we, we you know I think I think that two years ago helped prepare for this year, so we knew what to expect. But at the same time, I think the the level of of you know, attentiveness and, and eagerness to, to to prep and all that stuff. It was still pretty much the same. Yeah, I think that that semifinal. You know, you you have the now in this case. Now you guys have like twelve days. You know, to to get ready for that first round game. That is and, a long, and that's a long time. You know, it is. It's a long time. 
but you go 12 days and then it's like, okay, you know, 24 to 30 hours later, we're now we're jumping into the semifinal. And, and I think that's, and, and you have such a huge buildup for the first round game that sometimes it's, it's, you, you hate to say it's hard to get geared up for us for a semifinal, but there's it's hard to get those emotions back up to the level that you need to get them back up to. You, you, does that does that question make sense? Yeah. So say say that one more time. I'm sorry. Well, just like you you have the 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 you know in most state tournaments you have you know seven to twelve days before you play your first round state tournament game from the time you qualify to the time that you yeah. play, and you have the build up, you have the build up, you have the anticipation, and then if you're fortunate enough to win that first one. And you put all your energy and emotion into that, and and having all that build up before then, and then okay, boom! Now we got to go twenty four to thirty hours later. We got to we got to play even better this time around. And sometimes it's you know hard to reach that level again, even though it's the state semifinal. It's like it takes sometimes you you see a little bit of a letdown in teams from the first round to the semifinal. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So and, and and going through that experience two years ago helped you with that this year, I think. Yeah, and I, you know, once again, and I don't, it's, it's, you know, you don't want to, you, you got to do some, I mean, I'm not saying that you look ahead because you don't, you focus on your team that you're playing, but you have to do some preparation building up into those games mm-hmm. for, with the possibility. But I mean, I don't know how you can look at the whole bracket. You have to really, I think, look at your side and that's about it. Yeah, exactly. How, um, you were fortunate enough to play. There's, there's many, many states that didn't get a chance to play. Uh, but you guys got to play, uh, but it had to be weird playing for a state championship in a 16,000 seat arena with only 250 people in the entire facility. It, it was a little different. I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't have the, you know, the, the, the one part of it where you have the excitement, I mean, our, our fans did a great job, you know, and I mean, our parents and the people that were allowed to come in, they did a great job of cheering and trying to make it as, you know, as loud and as, as, you know, uh, you know, crowded as they could make it, you know, but one of the parts I think that was missing, but I'm not, I think it was great that we were able to play. Don't get me wrong here, but you know, the energy level that that you get from that large crowd of yelling and chanting and all that stuff and getting your, you know, players finding more energy at certain times because they're, you know, because of all that, I think that, that, that is a, a big thing that, that we wish we could have had, but you know what? Everybody was in the same situation. So yep. it was, you know, just playing a basketball game, but yeah, <laughs> it was kind of a, kind of a glorified uh, summer league game, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, just, just in a lot bigger facility than the local high school. So that's yes, right. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, I, I think once everybody got down there, I think they might have made the right decision to just go ahead and play it out. And you know, I think it was the right thing to do. I think it was the right thing to do for everybody involved. So, uh, and I'm glad that that you guys and, and all the teams got a chance to play it all the way through. And and it just kind of stunk for all the other states that didn't get a chance to do that. So, um, all right, uh, Coach, we're gonna we're gonna go to our Don Meyer quote of the day. Um, and I don't know if you've used this one. I don't know if you've heard of this one or not. But uh, the Don Meyer quote of the day: You need to go from good to great because good is the enemy of great. It's a good one. I, I think so. I think it's a good one. <laughs> you know, have you used that one? I have not used that. I have not used that one specifically, but uh, I like that one. Okay. Did you, um, you know, you had a, you had a lot of the pieces back here and let's, let's jump into your philosophy and your type of thing. 
you know, you basically off of the state runner-up the year before, uh, you lost the Rogers kid, and that was about it from your significant contributors from the year before, correct? Well, yeah, well, Noah Stickrod was a starter as well. Yeah. Noah did, you know, Noah did a lot of the little stuff very, very well yeah. on our team. It probably doesn't get looked at as much, but he did some great things, especially in that championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Alex and him, but like scoring wise and stat wise, I would say Alex was the big, you know, yeah. Yeah, the, the 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 numbers loss, so to speak. Yes. Yes. So so you're talking about going from good to great. You have the you have the core of your group back, um, uh, a large percentage of it anyway. Um, was was there conversations about going from good to great? And don't be satisfied. Uh, we, we we got another step to take in this journey. That type of thing. Was was there any challenges with that, or or did your group stay pretty hungry throughout the year? And and how did you manage that one way or the other? Well, you know, early in the season, we had a couple things happen where, you know, we, uh, uh, one of our, you know, it was funny, a couple of our players, uh, uh, had predetermined, uh, like weddings, for example, that they had to go to. And, uh, then we were, uh, one of our players lost a family member. And so during the, the process of the season, and I thought, I thought we handled all of that fairly well, um, it, it was just a different looking year than it was the year before. But I think that, uh, our guys were hungry all year. Um, but throughout that early part, for whatever reason, and I don't know what it is, uh, you know, we, we lost a couple games and, uh, uh, but as the season went on and we got into that second half, you, you uh, you could see in our players that, um, one of our assistants said a great, you know, they, they saw the love back in the kids' eyes, you know, the, the, the way that the kids were playing, the, they were having fun and the joy that they were having while they were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a, a, a big deal. So um, I, I wouldn't say that, that at any point that our players lost their, their hunger to win. I just think that as the season went on, uh, you know, we finally got everything back to where we had everybody and everybody was together on it. And then that's when we made our, uh, I don't know what we finished the season at record wise, not that record means everything, but uh, we made a good run at the end of the year. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes that can be, you know, it can be a, 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 a great thing to have that much back, but sometimes it can be tough when you, when you have that, that number, you know, like we said, the kind of the counting numbers back that, that, that core back, because there can be a little bit of, um, Oh, uh, I don't, it, it, not entitlement, but just, um, kind of let's get to where we really want to go. And, and you as the coach, you need to establish this is the step-by-step process that that we need to take here. And and you had a great bunch of kids to coach. I mean, I, there's you know a few of those kids I know personally. And and but but that can be a challenge sometimes. And that that you know, are we going to stay motivated? Are we going to be as hungry as we were, or are we just going to kind of assume that we're going to to take those steps? And and it's kind of a fine line between those between those journeys sometimes you know um you know and and did you did you have concerns about that did you were you prepared for well, it you know that well, type you, thing I, I i you know i don't think you can replace an alex rogers on the defensive end of the ball especially yeah uh, especially with his leadership ability and the way that he'd been there so i mean you look at that team to the next team um our guys are, are extremely unselfish when it comes to whatever, you know, whatever it takes to, to, to get the job done in a game. And sometimes it takes somebody, you know, a little bit more. The concern was, I think, that 
my big concern, and, and I guess in my head would be to, like you just said, to keep them hungry just because, okay, guys, you had a great, we had a great season. Don't think now that it's just going to come without doing all those things that you did the year before mm-hmm. to get to where we got, because it's going to take all of that and more. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think, I, I think on that, that is that, is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you went from the kind of the hunter to the hunted a little yes. bit. You know, and I think early on that kind of. I think you're right. I think you, now this year you're going to get everybody's best game. Uh-huh. I think, and and where that might not have been the case. Not to say that it, people weren't getting ready for, but I mean, you had people that were looking forward to playing that game, and you have to be ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a it's a. Uh, it's it's a different role that you have to adjust to, you know, and 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 that and that can that can splinter some groups if they don't handle it the right way, and, and your your kids handled it the right way, and that's a compliment to you and the kids and your coaching staff and everybody involved. So, um, what's what's a what's a if if I were to walk into the gym at sixty sixth and Sorensen, uh, what's a practice going to look like uh, at at Roncalli Catholic with the boys? Well, you know, we, uh, you know, like I said, a, a lot of that organizational part of it, I, I got from Meister when I was coaching with him. Um, but you know, we're gonna we're gonna compete. Uh, we do a lot of competition drills. We'll do a lot of detail oriented drills, offensively and defensively. To to one work on, let's say, for example, uh, like if we're working on just a one on one drill, staying in front of our man, or just our shell drill, um, working on our rotations and movement and. Uh, you know, early in practice, we're doing a lot more up and down than we, we do later on where we kind of break it down more in the half court. Uh, and then it usually just depends on the day and the week and the team that we're playing. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this last two years, we, we've probably pressed more than we pressed in the years prior to that. As for, for me as a head coach, we've had other teams when I was an assistant that we, we pressed all the time and we worked on that and we're up and down almost the whole practice. But I would say a large majority of it is, uh, you know, uh, drill oriented early on and then later on we, we, we break down certain parts of, of what we want to do um, and, and I like and you know this as a head coach you know what you want to work on to get better at uh, especially if, if things aren't going the way that you want them to go so so let's let's put it in this and this is kind of the way I usually roll it out here um, it's it's the second week of January it's a Tuesday you don't play till Friday so you really haven't gotten heavy into your game prep uh, it's not late in the season. You're just kind of in the meat there. You, you know, you're going to go for a good hour and a half to an hour, 45 minutes. How, how are you, how are you going to have that organized on a, on a typical basis there? You know, if you could kind of just walk through an average, uh, practice plan for you guys. You know, okay. So, you know, we start out with a, a pre-practice prayer and then we, uh, we, uh, usually starts going to two line layups. Then we'll do some uh, we have other drills like uh, put-back drill and uh, rip drill, uh, working on handling the ball, and then uh, getting right into uh, war rebounding, um, maybe some triangle rebounding, some shell drill. Uh, uh, in, in between all of that stuff, typically shooting free throws uh, to keep that as a, a constant reminder of how important that is to us as we're, we're, we're getting our, our water breaks and stuff like that. And getting on the line uh, in between those right before we go get water. Uh, and then when we get back in, uh, working on 
uh, say specifically uh, offense, uh, whether that's our you know our, our motion offense and working just movement, um, and then after on air going against man, and then getting shooting a free throw, getting more water, uh, coming back, and then uh, you know uh, some defensive drill if we're working on our press, our you know our two on ones. Uh, two-on-twos, trapping, super slides, uh, really just doing our work like we, we emphasized earlier. Like you said, if, if it was a Tuesday, you know, and you had a whole week off, you don't play till Saturday, you can really work them hard on that Tuesday and explain to the guys that, hey, this is our work day, you know, or, you know, these two days are really our work day, so we got to bring it and you got to love it and trying to keep the excitement up. And as all this is going on, our assistant coaches do a great job of getting the energy up so that our guys are competing at the highest level um typically on those those practices as well if they're making mistakes their guys are you know maybe getting pulled off the court running sprints on the side for making the mistake in a certain drill uh if there's a loser losers are running uh, sometimes we make winners run uh in drills oh what's the uh, what's the uh what's the uh thought process behind that well, if, you know, if, if you're doing a drill, and let's say, for example, it's a hustle drill, and the way that you win the drill is you got to get, let's say, a, a, you know, you got to cut your guy off, he's got to cross over and speed, and then you got to come from behind and tip. Um, if 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 you're able to run him or not, if you don't hustle on the drill, then you're never going to have the tip from behind. So that's one. So psychologically, you try and take that out of it. And then when they do make the tip, understand that, guys, if you're the guys that are constantly making those hustle plays or those simple plays, you're the guys that are probably going to be playing in the game. So you're going to have to be in the best shape of anybody anyway. So those extra that extra running is just going to make you better. Mm-hmm. And so trying to explain to them that that extra running is, you know, you, you're the guys that are going to be on the court. So I want you to be in the best shape. So <laughs> just got to keep it, you know. Yeah, keep them keep them going up and down there. You know, yeah. um, what uh, what responsibilities do you give your assistant coaches throughout your throughout your practices? What are they in charge of? Uh, you know, what are times where you step back and you turn it over to assistants? And what's your thought process there? Well, you know, uh, you know, once again, early, you know, learning early on as an assistant coach and just seeing you know how other programs do certain things. You know, you can't do everything as a head coach. And I don't think that you should expect to do everything. And as, as you know, as you, you gain trust in assistance, then you can divvy things up. And like Zach Bird has been, uh, you know, working on the offensive side of the ball for us for, you know, the last few years. Um, and he does a great job of, you know, organizing all the offense uh, concepts. Um, obviously, we sit down and we talk about what we want to do. And then at the end of the day, I let Zach go do this and this because Zach does a great job. Uh, and I'm not, you know, like I said, that you build that trust with them and then you know that they're going to do everything that you want, want to do anyway. So you, that, that would be one thing. Uh, on the other side of the court, you know, some of our younger coaches, then they try and take those same things that he's doing on the offensive end and they try and film with the younger guys that might not be to that varsity level yet. Because when we practice, we practice from – sophomores all the way to seniors and we're all together it's not just varsity team or jv team we're always all practicing together Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of stuff going on and so our other coaches will do you know those things on the other end of the court um you know like if we're working on let's say you know our five game or you know 20 series or something like that like our, our some of our offenses and um just trying to 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 get better at those and then we have assistant coaches that that like i said if 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 for 
example, on offense, if Zach wants them to look at this, then they, you know, each of those guys will focus on that one thing. Mm-hmm. And then if you flip it to the defensive side, you know, that's where I, I love to be all the time, but I've had some, like I said, great assistant coaches. Uh, Brent Heller's been an assistant. Mark Schluter's come back uh, as an assistant. These are all guys that played on teams that, that, that went to state. Um, you know, uh, Brent likes, for example, is, is a big part of our half court shell, shell drill, shell off or shell defense working on, you know, rotations and stuff like that. And, you know, we're really, a lot of us, you know, at the same time are working together, even though we're working on specific stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's kind of how that breakup goes. Yeah. And um, you have Bear, and Bear's been around forever. Bear's yeah. our, you know, our, our JV coach, and Bear does a great job with the younger guys and just, I mean, repping and repping and making sure that they're they're doing things the correct way over and over, and if they're not making them do it over and over and over again. So, in uh, coaching Stacy, he's also uh, you know working at different parts. So, I mean, I have to get specific names and stuff, but that's kind of how it's broken down. Didn't they build the gym around Bear? Like he just stood in the middle, <laughs> and they, they they just built the whole thing around him. You know? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, He's been no. there forever, but he does, he does a he does a heck of a job for you guys. Oh yes, very disciplined, very uh, direct, and you know, there's you're not he, everybody knows everybody who knows Bear loves Bear. He's he's completely black and white on things, and you know, <laughs> if, if you don't, I mean, if you you know, live to his standard, otherwise, you know, he'll put somebody else in there. Yeah, yeah, and that's good to have. That's good to have. It's it's good to establish that standard in your in your program and to have that culture and. And it's not a surprise to them when they get to you. It's it's already it should be ingrained. And in order for them to get to you, they've got to be able to do it for him first, you know. And I and I think that's a great great spot to have somebody like that at, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, do you guys do any, much uh, charting of of things in practice? You know, like like tips or or winners and drills or or anything like that. Do you guys do Do you guys do stuff like that? Well. You know, uh, not in the context of like like putting together like a like a practice score. You talking about like a, like a practice scoreboard or analysis or something so in, the players in, can see it. In, in whatever whatever way you want to do it, whether it's whether it's for the players, whether it's just for the coaches, whether it's just you know just 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 curious, just throwing that out there. You know, not not as uh, not not to the point of, of like 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 charting. Now we have we have things during practice that if, if you're not doing certain things correct. You know, we might say, go get on this. Like, you know, I learned this from Bro, Brother Woman, when he was coaching defense. You know, he said, tell a guy they're doing a, a drill and a defensive drill, and the guy makes a mistake or he didn't close out with high hands or he, you know, he didn't jump back or he turned sideways. He had a, you know, a lot of different things, didn't check out, all these kinds of things. And if a kid makes a mistake, he might say, you know, we might say, hey, go, go run a sprint and then come back and then come tell me why you ran. Mm. And that's a big thing because if, if the kid is, you know, you know, a lot of times if, if you haven't built that trust with some kids and you say, go take a sprint, they're running, why is he making me run? So whenever we tell them to run, they run, they come back, and then we say, why did you run? And and then, you know, you're, you're, as this is going on, you're rotating guys into the drill, so the drill is not stopping. And then when the kid says, I didn't close out with high hands, you're like, good, okay, now close out with high hands. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's active learning. I mean, uh, so I, I would say a, a big part of that is trying to correct on the go, and I know all coaches do that, but I mean doing it with some type of, you know, you know, we do shooting drills. Uh, you know, the, the, 
you know, we do a lot of one-on-one competition, you know, doing a 10 minute drill and whoever makes more shots wins. The loser has to get on the side and run a set of eight, uh, you know, to, to make it competitive with their shooting, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, no, I like that. I love that. Uh, I have never heard of that before. Um, but that's really good. The, you know, why did, why did you, why did you have to run real quick or, you know, that type of thing. But I, I, that's a, that's a great idea. That's, that's, that's a great idea. Um, that's a bro thing. That's, that's a bro thing. And, and he was, he was one of the Masons that put the gym together around bear, I think. So he, <laughs> he, he, he did some of the grout work, I think. So, <laughs> um, tell us about your guys's defensive philosophy in the half court. I think, you know, we mainly, we mainly play man to man. I mean, if you've seen us the last few years, that's pretty much all we played. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to mix in, in zone and stuff, but you know, <laughs> with the last two years and the size of our team, uh, for the most part, man is, you know, that's, that's where we're really going to get, I think some of our, uh, advantage with guys moving around, uh, you know, it's 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 easy to throw over the top of us if you have a bunch of guys that are five, you know, five nine, five ten. Uh, so it's it's tough to run, uh, you know, certain zones. But I, I think tough half court man to man defense, uh, making it very difficult. Uh, uh, you know, all five guys watching, you know, having their eyes on the ball and making sure that we're stopping the ball and stopping penetration, and you know, really packing it in there. Uh, uh, but I would say that's a pack defense is our main half court and then just trying to, once again, keep guys out of the paint um, and, you know, getting guys to, you know, dribble to a shot or making sure that all their shots are contested. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you guys were not a, a very big team uh, the last couple of years and, and the Alex Rogers was a really explosive athlete. He could kind of go up and get some boards. Uh, but I'm guessing you guys probably had to spend a little bit more time on your rebounding stuff this year. I, I, and again, I wasn't at any of your practices or anything like that, but you know, the, the tallest player that you played, you know, big minutes was only about six, one, maybe six, two at the most. Um, and, and that's even in class B, that's not a very good team. They're, they're very good basketball players, but did you guys really have to put a little bit more emphasis on the rebounding and finishing out possessions than you normally did this year uh, with being a, a, a smaller group? Well, you know, I would say that, you know, we, we probably did a lot of the same stuff that we did the year before in regard to rebounding. I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd necessarily say we did more. I mean, maybe we stressed it more, mm-hmm. uh, but in regard to like the, 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 the prepping for the rebounding and, and how we're going to do it and, and making sure that we're rebounding with five guys and stuff like that. Uh, you know, we did a lot of things, uh, that were similar to the year before. Um, but we also knew that, you know, guards you got to rebound i mean our, our, our guys knew you know and, and it helped like like we were just we just talked a little while ago that you know all these guys that came back that were on the team before they understood because we were undersized the year before for the most part uh-huh. that, that we have to rebound the ball if we don't rebound the ball then it could be a long game especially against a big team uh-huh. or a team that's very good at offensive rebounding uh-huh. um, uh, oh go ahead no that's that, that, i'm good okay um yeah, but and but then you swung it to the other end, and if you're playing against a bigger team, your your kids are so good moving without the ball and 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 sliding, and of course having Jack at the point and him kind of going in and doing his Steve Nash thing and and just as, yeah. uh, you know, uh, which helps make you look pretty smart as well. You know, how much of that was was you guys uh, teaching that, and how much of that was just having a nice group of kids that really 
knew how to uh, move without the ball and, and cut well without the ball and knew how to flash to open spots and read the defense. You know, how, you know, what layers of things did you guys add into what the kids already knew? Let me ask that like that. You know, uh, what are some things that you guys did to 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 build on that already solid foundation there with them moving without the ball? Well, you know, these guys play basketball in the summer with their their AAU team and all that, and they they they've been playing the game since they were really really young. Um, so like you were just saying, their overall skill level is, is pretty good, especially even, even regardless of size. Mm-hmm. Um, what we try to do is just make them, I mean, as a, as a coach, is you, you're one, you're trying to get them to play hard and then you're trying to get out of their way mm-hmm. and, and, and not try and bog them down at all. At the same time, I think the big thing we were trying to, or we always tried to communicate to our guys is, uh, you know, there's certain things that we need to accomplish throughout a game in order to win that game. And you don't always get all the, the, the goals that you set for each game, but try to, as a, as a head coach and the assistant coaches try, our assistant coaches try and do is we try and get them to understand that if we do these certain things, guys, we're going to put ourselves in a good position to win the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't always win those little battles. Um, but if you can focus on those little things, uh, then, all this other stuff winning and all this stuff, it's going to take care of itself. And, you know, I think more or less we as, we as a coaching staff just tried to, 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 to emphasize those little things to, to get the job done. What, uh, what were some of those things that you, that you put in every game? Was it, was it a set list every game? Like you talked about earlier, every game is the same. So did you have the same, uh, analytical goals, or did did you did you change it based on the opponent and what you needed to do against Team X, Y, or Z? Very good. Uh, you know, when we played every when we played everybody, we always had you know very similar goals for every team. However, those analytics that are very very important to winning a game, we may have emphasized them differently depending on who we were playing and how we were going to go about trying to get those certain things. Mm-hmm. And by doing that. I think, you know, that that's that was really the, the, the big key. You know, if we take care of this and we do it and this is how we're going to be able to do this. Um, and and then, you know, having our kids who are, like I said, they're, they're, they're selfless and they're competitive and they really just want to win. They, they really will, you know, or, or we've been fortunate enough to have great kids that they buy into those little things that we talk about. And then they're the ones that are going out and executing all the stuff that, that – we do or want to do and then you know to also have you know let's say uh, uh you know we're not getting certain things that we want we have a pretty open floor that you know we want players to speak up and say hey what do you think i mean if that makes sense yeah uh to, to you know this is maybe something that we could do as a to, to help us get you know i don't know better rebounding or to the rim or something like that what uh, what were some of the the things that you guys tracked every game that you saw as important things to every game like uh you know plus plus five on the boards uh plus five turnover margin you know what were some of the things that you threw out there to your kids so some of our listeners uh might be able to replicate that within their own program yeah i mean uh, you know any team that you put you know points in the paint are huge okay mm-hmm. if you're if you're playing a team and, and and they're killing you on points in the paint that's not i mean it's going to be tough you know no matter who you're playing and i know everything and and shooting and threes and stuff like that is, is a big deal. And there are a lot of great teams that shoot the ball, but 
you know, points in the paint. I feel like if you're if you're leading in that or you're close to it, you know, even if you're plus or minus four on that, uh, you're probably in pretty good shape depending on your opponent. Um, but stressing those types of things, I mean, rebounding is important. Free throws are huge. You know, if you if you're if you're getting to the foul line, then that typically means that you're probably getting to the paint as well. So you're, you're doing those things to get to the basket. Um, so those are really kind of the, the, the you know the free throws and the, and, the, and the points in the paint, and then you know we, uh, coupling that with with defensive things. And we have you know like for example we called it you know a few years back we called it a warrior. You know you go on a ten zero run. You know people talk about kills and three stops in a row. You know I, I I'm a big defensive guy myself, but you know uh, uh, you know if you get a ten zero run. That means you're scoring and you're getting stops. So, you know, it's one thing to get three stops in a row, and I think that's great because I take three stops in a row whenever we can get it. At the same time, it's nice to couple it with scoring. And really when you when you couple that together with the stops and the scoring, that's really when you make a run on a team at some point in the game. And it doesn't, you know, that could be the difference in that 10-0 run or, you know, to to, to, to bust the game open. Yeah, yeah. If, if you play it even for, for 29 minutes and then you get one warrior – that's ball game, you know. Yeah, and, I mean, and that's all. And that, you know, that was a, a, I think, a Golden State thing. I, you know, we were reading about, but they talked about that, and it was, it was uh-huh. just an interesting thing I picked up from that. So. Oh, okay, all right. Um, what are some of the things we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier? Uh, what are some things that you've done within your program to build your culture? What are some things that you guys at, at Roncalli Catholic take a lot of pride in? in your culture and, and the staples of your program? You know, I think, I think family is a, is a, is a big deal. And I think there's a, there's a, you know, a lot of these things to me don't have a lot to do. Uh, it's very, very important to me, but I don't think it's as important to necessarily just basketball. I think it's just people in general, you know, we're very, very big on, uh, uh, besides obviously working hard on the court team breakfasts are a big thing. Uh, and, and I guess if you talk to some guys that have played or have graduated already, you know, you know, we did team breakfast all the time and then our scouting reports together and, uh, you know, that culture of trying to, to be at the best that you, you can always be. If you're, if you're getting a meal together, you're eating together, um, you might not always get along. And I think this goes back to the family thing that, you know, Mr. Orr pushes all the time, uh, uh, with the whole school on top of basketball, you know, keeping everything that family atmosphere all the time, whether you're on the court, uh, you're in your, uh, you know, your prep meeting for the game. Um, but I think those are big things that, that showing that guys, Hey, you know, we're all in this together. We're caring about each other. Um, uh, you know, the other thing that's, you know, a big part of it too, is that, you know, parent involvement is a big thing. Uh, you know, and I, and I already said, all the other people that, you know, it takes a village, but our parents are great. Our parents do so much for our kids, um, in regard to, um, uh, team meals and stuff like that. And they're always looking and asking to, to be helpful in any way. And I think that's great. I think that you need to have parent involvement. Uh, and it, it's nice to see it in such a positive way, uh, with what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, does that answer your question, or is there more? Well, yeah, I mean, if there's more, you know, we, we, we're always into more here on a pen and a napkin, you know, well, so if, you, if you've got more, you know. Uh, well, I, I, you know, I, I hate, I, I keep saying this, it's, 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 it's a simple mentality, you know, if you, if you, if you 
you know, work really, really hard and you love the people that you're working with and you, you know, you, you, you know, it's in it, a family, you love up your, your kids and you make sure that they're at their best and, and you're, you're caring about them off the court, you're caring about their grades, you're caring about, you know, what they're doing with their, their, when they're not playing basketball. You know, I think that's really the, 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 the things that can be missing a lot of times that people don't think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we make a, we make a large emphasis and I think that's where also to that overall culture of the school with all of our programs, you were asking earlier about how success in all these sports, I think that's a big part of it too, that that all feeds into each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so no, it makes sense. It makes 100% sense. I always thought, uh, it was good. Um, you know, having team meals as much as you can, uh, it, it just eases the tension of situations. I've always thought, um, and and if you if you need to if you you know just when you're talking to your to your seniors in the spring as you're getting ready for the summertime, let's say you know I always took my seniors out to eat, you know, and let's let's just sit down, let's have a meal, let's talk about expectations going into the summertime or something like that, and yeah, and, you know, and, and just kind of instead of it just being you know, just like a basketball thing. Well, no, it's just, we're, we just happen to be talking to some hoops while we're, while we're just hanging out and it's m- much more informal. And the more informal it is, uh, the more open your kids are to, to speak more openly and honestly with you was always my thought. Could not agree more with you, Marty. I mean, that's, that's really, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, no, that could, that could have a reason for my expanding waistline. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, <no kidding. laughs> a few too many, uh, Oscars, uh, char buffed wings and stuff like that. But, uh, uh, it, you know, it was well worth it. You know, uh, the cholesterol count was, was, was somewhat in control most of the time. So, uh, um, how, uh, how do you, you've talked about your parents and, and, and you said you've had a really, really good, good group of parents to work with. Uh, what have you done to make that relationship? Uh, a positive one because I know uh, for for a lot of of coaches, especially um, even if you, you can be successful and still have uh, we'll call it communication issues with with parents. What are some things that you guys have done to to make that relationship positive? To maybe be it preemptive uh, to to handle situations before they arise, uh, that type of thing. What's kind of your guys' philosophy with that? Well, you know, I don't. You know, I, that's one thing that I know a lot of coaches don't want to talk to, or they don't necessarily uh, seek out to talk to uh, parents. But I think that I think that if once again, if you're working at something, and you know, embracing the fact that every kid is different, just like all the parents are different, and I'm I myself am always willing to talk to any parent as long as it doesn't come down to them discussing strategy on the court or my kid's playing time. Uh, but like, I've had some great conversations. I think I think more if you're to answer the question, I think I think being open to the, having that conversation with parents is is a big deal because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people close themselves off. Uh, but that also plays into my personality as well. There's there's some coaches that I know that would not do that because but it doesn't fit their personality. Now they might have an assistant coach or something like that that might handle more of that stuff. Um, but. I think the, the the big part of that with with having a good relationship with parents is just being open and just 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 them knowing that that you know what I'm I'm out here for your kid's best interest um, and I'm gonna you know work as hard as I can for them and serve them and and uh, I hope that that if if 
you ever have a problem with something that you can come to me and we can talk to talk about it and work through it because uh the last thing i would want is a you know you know, a kid to, to dread playing basketball because they're upset about something. Now, has every conversation that we've ever had with parents been just smooth sailing? No, you have your difficult conversations, but but I think in the most part, you know, most of those conversations have been um, good, and I think it's just a, a big part of it is just being open to it. How um, did you how did you handle the the few difficult ones that you've that you've had? Um, you, you know, without, I mean, you could talk about it as, as comfortable as much as you would like, as, as much as you want to be comfortable with it, but just, just kind of curious. Cause I think we all handle it in a, in a different situation or a different way, depending on how we're approached or the, the history of the, the family or the kid or what, you know, whatever it may be, there's a thousand different variables that go into everything, but you know, how did, how did you help resolve those situations as positively as you could? I think, I think using the word positively is probably the best way to, to you know, you have to continue to, 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 to preach about the standards that you're trying to uphold as your team and everything like that. And if something doesn't fall into that standard and uh, you know, whatever that is, then, you know, some people in general may, may jump to it. And this is talking about the difficult conversations they might jump to a conclusion without actually having all the information. So that's where also that communication is big because then if you can talk to them and say, well, this may be what you're hearing or what you're getting, but this is what's happening and this is the reason why it's happening. Yeah. And then when you talk through that, you know, I, I, I think that that, that really helps kind of get through all the, the stuff when, when, but, but, but those are those conversations. I mean, we had some, we had, we've had conversations in the past that, you know, things didn't work out. You know what, if, if, if it didn't work out well, you know, I still love every kid that I coach just as much as everyone else. And, and, and it, it really has nothing to do with, you know, certain people have their own ideas of what should and shouldn't happen. However, under, you know, in Ron Colley basketball, this is what we do. And if you can follow that, then things will work out well. And I'll try and convince them that, you know, to maybe do certain things a certain way or maybe fix these things and stuff like that. I don't, you know. Mm -hmm. No, and you're, I I think you bring up a good point. And I think that's something that, um, you know, coaches need to to understand. And and if you've done it a while, you you understand it. But especially if you're a young head coach, um, there's, there's a lot that is, misinterpreted from you could have a conversation with a kid and they can tell you I totally understand this coach you know they come up to you and ask you about x y and z and in between the time that you have this conversation that you feel like everything is crystal clear and a half hour later when they're having that conversation with mom or dad there's a whole bunch of stuff that gets lost in interpretation there and is maybe forgot whether it's accidentally forgot or just chose not to hear it forgot and and that and that's where the the human dynamic comes into it and and I, I think that's important. I, I think that's a hard lesson for younger coaches as they first get into it as head coaches is, you know, you can do everything right. You can do everything uh, 100% the way that you should. And uh, there's still going to be some, we'll call it communication issues that you're, you're still going to need to resolve at certain points. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, completely. Yeah. So, and, and that kind of sounds like, couple of the situations that you ran into as well yeah i mean if you you know and and sometimes you know and and sometimes you can work through them and i've had some great i've had some great things happen when 
a situation didn't look very good at the start of the conversation. And then by the end of the, you know, talking through with, with parents and also a, a player, things work out well. And at, there's other times where it doesn't. And you know what? You just you, you try and make the best of those and then you just got to keep moving forward because, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, the team is what matters. I mean, and you're trying to continually do what's best for the team all the time. Yep. Yep. I agree. Uh, give us two good out of bounds plays. Two good out of bounds plays, baseline or sideline? Uh, one of each. Okay. Uh, uh, just a simple baseline. Uh, probably I'd say our, our low set, um, uh, popping up, uh, on the ball, catching at the elbow. Um, starting out in a four low, starting out in a four low, yep. popping up at the elbow, uh, uh, corner man, uh, setting a down screen uh, and guard coming out to the top for a handoff uh, with a possible roll to the basket. Okay. Okay. And then uh, probably a, a sideline out of bounds. Um, uh, I would say just a, a, a simple box set. Um, have your uh, uh, ball side elbow guy uh, uh, set a screen across the, the free throw line for your other guard coming up, and then he fans out to space the floor. And then um, uh, just a, basically a clear out with that backside post coming up for a uh, basic ball screen to the rim. Okay. Once again, creating space, uh, dribble drive action. You could use the screen, refuse the screen, um, trying to get guys to help and then kick. Or if they don't help, take it all. I mean, and you got to beat, take them to the basket. Take them to the rack, baby. Yeah. Take them to the rack. Awesome. Um, social media, anything that you want to plug for the Crimson Pride? Uh, I just, I mean. Or, or I, yourself. I, what do you mean? I'm sorry. Like, 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 like a Twitter or Instagram, anything like that, it, it, so people can follow your guys' program. Uh, do you guys have anything involved with that or maybe for the school in general or? Yeah, if you look up if you look up Ron Colley Catholic basketball, uh, RCHSB ball, um, and then I, you know, I have my own Twitter, but I mean, uh, RCHS basketball. Uh, if you look it up, uh, sorry, let's see here. But yeah, just RCHS uh, boys b ball. So, okay, and that's on the uh, Twitter. That's on the Twitter. Yep, okay. and then you know, obviously Jim Jim Meister's our, our activities director. He always has a lot of uh, with Ron Colley Catholic. Uh, uh, he has a uh, a lot of uh, stuff going all the time for all sports. He is he is uh, like the play by play guy. Um, yeah, he, he's he's on it, and you know, one of our other guys, Colton Wiersbicki. He's he's a guy this last year. He's done a great job with with all the you know accelerating our. Uh, kind of like Twitter stuff and not just him, but I mean, him among others. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 You know, if, if you guys are playing somebody and, and you know, in, in anything, you know, uh, especially like football game or something like that, you know, man, this is, you know, uh, Joe Smith just went off tackle for two yards, second and eight pride, Uh, incomplete third and eight pride, you know, Meister, he's, he's got the magic thumbs. He's, he's good. So, Oh yeah. Yeah, he does well. So, uh, JJ Stofel from Omaha Ron College Catholic, the boys basketball program there. Coach, thanks so much for coming on here tonight. I hope you had a good time. 
I had a great time. Thanks for having me, Marty. All right. Awesome. If you could hold the line for a second here, I'll wrap up with a couple of things. Uh, we want to thank Coach Tapel for coming on here this evening. We also want to thank our sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic, for sponsoring the podcast. Again, if you're in need of chiropractic services, don't hesitate to do- call Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi at 402-964-0300. Uh, follow us on Twitter, a pen and a napkin. Download and rate and review the pod on iTunes, iTunes or SoundCloud. And then again, uh, ideas, suggestions, uh, questions, email us at a pin and a napkin at gmail.com. Uh, episode 33, uh, great episode here with Coach Safel of Omaha Ron College Catholic, the boys' basketball program there. Uh, just a great conversation here this evening. Coaches, stay safe, and as always, be sure to hone your craft one day at a time. Yeah.